Blessings to one and all, and welcome to the Mystic Fire Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and today we are going to be asking the question, is the world system, is the current world system failing us? Is it failing you as an individual? As I usually like to do on this particular podcast, is uh, start out with a little bit of a meditative scripture to set the tone for what we're talking about. And today, uh, what's really been ringing in my mind since the beginning of this whole coronavirus pandemic, and it's always been, this is something that When I read this in the book of Psalms, it it really resonated with me many years ago because it's just the way that I feel, the way that I've always thought, the way that I've always lived my life. And I think this is something that's valid for all of us to think about when we ask the question, is this current world system failing us? So I'd like to read from Psalms 118, verse 8, and it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And I think that is a powerful thing to think about right now. And not only when we're in a state of crisis or there's a major problem in our lives or in the world, You know, you hear a lot of people in this day and age, they say they're preppers, they're prepping, they're storing food and survival gear. And that's fine. I think we should all make a little bit of preparation in case something like this happens or or something worse, where everybody is buying up uh, certain things in the grocery stores, they're hard to get. If we have certain supplies on hand that were storing up little by little, we're prepared in the event that an emergency happens. But I think it's also to be spiritually prepared because that's the most important kind of preparation that we can make. And we don't see a lot of people, at least I don't, who are really spiritually prepared for what's happening in our world. And again, if something on an even larger scale would happen, it's a little bit scary to think what people would do. If we look at this scene right now in the world, hospitals are being overwhelmed. They can't keep up with the amount of people that are coming in with this virus. In Italy for a while, they they were choosing who would live and who would die. The older patients in their 70s and 80s wouldn't even get the treatment or the ventilators or, you know, whatever medical treatment they needed to try and survive. They would give it to somebody who was younger, who had a better chance of survival, who had many years ahead of them. Now, here in the United States, they're, they're thinking of doing the same thing, having these, uh, uh, I think they were called 
death panels or some such thing where when the hospitals get too overwhelmed, they're going to have to make decisions because they don't have enough equipment. They don't have enough ventilators to help people breathe if they have pneumonia. So they're already talking about making a choice. Who's going to get the ventilator? Who's going to get the treatment? Who is not? If it comes to that. We had President Donald Trump. I live in New York State and the governor was asking for 30 to 40,000 ventilators. He said if he didn't need them, they get beyond their big curve, their peak. They would send it on to the next place that would need those ventilators, not hold on to them and hoard them. And we had all kind of games being played that, that was very sad, uh, right down to our president, Donald Trump, saying flat out, well, I just don't think you need that many. And then turning around and saying, and this he just said this the other day, governors are asking for all of this medical equipment and all this stuff that they need to treat their citizens during the pandemic. But they're not going to get it unless they start showing me a little respect. So... Here's a person, here's a man who some people practically worship, and we're going to get to that in a moment, playing games with people's lives because some of the governors were angry because they were asking for help. They were desperately asking for things that they needed or were going to need. And the White House saying, no, you don't need it. I don't think you need it. I don't think the numbers are that high. Well, I just don't think, you know, that's the route we want to take right now. Meanwhile, we had doctors and nurses in hospitals wearing plastic garbage bags for gowns, making surgical masks out of anything that they could find laying around, depending on the donations of other companies and citizens to help them if they had anything. And meanwhile, our president is just saying, well, I don't think you really needed that. That is this world system failing people. That is this world system failing doctors and nurses and peoples whose, whose lives hang in the balance, playing power games. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to do it. And then, no, I'm not going to do it until you show me as little respect and stop yelling at me or being angry at me when you go out and give your daily speech in your, your state to try to calm the people. I mean, what would one expect if any of us, no matter how good-natured, how religious, how spiritual, if we desperately needed help to save lives, the lives of our neighbors, the lives of someone that we loved, and we knew what we needed, and we asked someone who we knew could help us, and they said, no, we don't really think you need that, repeatedly, 
No, you don't need that. Here's what you need to do. Here's what we're going to go and do. No, sorry, you don't need that. No, we were just not going to do that right now. I think you should try this instead. You don't, you don't need what you're asking for. Eventually, any one of us would get angry and start saying, what in the blankety blank is going on here? Who is this guy? What is he doing? What does he think? He's not listening to the science. He's not listening to the doctors. And then have that person turn around and say, well, now I'm definitely not going to give you the help to save your loved ones or your neighbors until you show me a little respect. You know, I can't think of a better example of this world system failing people. I can't think of a bigger way of this world system failing people and that the economy is doing very bad because all the businesses are shut down. Barely anybody is working. People can't pay their mortgage. People can't pay their rent. People can't buy groceries. And the government has to play games again with the stimulus package, fighting over who's going to get what, and then they decide, well, we're going to give the American people $1,200, but it's a one-shot deal, one check. And people who really need it, and the last I heard, and unless this was something that was changed, people that are on disability or social security, uh, wouldn't get a check at all. So these people that are really in desperate need, because if you don't live in this country and you don't know, uh, Social Security pays most people five to $800 a month. And now you're talking rent, which is generally over $1,000, groceries, electric bill, cable bill, internet, even if you were to take those things away. You know, you would need car insurance, gas for the car. If you don't drive, money for a cab to get where you're going to go. It, it would be virtually impossible. It is virtually impossible for those people to pay their bills. But yet in the beginning of the stimulus package, and I don't know if it's the case now, people were who were on Social Security were excluded from getting that money. And these are a lot of people who are disabled, could be army vets, could be someone who was hurt on the job, the elderly, someone who was born with a disability. These people are not entitled to help. And these are people who probably need it more than anybody else. So again, we, we see the system failing or at least trying its best to fail a lot of people. Now there's people now that the stimulus is out saying no people on social security will get a check. Others saying that they won't get a check. So at the recording of this particular message, I'm not sure where it lies. I hope those people are included, but even still $1,200 for most people uh, that's the rent or doesn't even pay the rent. What about food? What about 
the electric bill? What about the gas bill? Then we have people who, including the president and the governors, who are asking companies to make medical supplies, face masks, medical gowns, ventilators, and the people who are capable of making these things that the medical community needs are playing a bidding war. You know, we told you, the governor of New York, that we will make these masks for you. It will be 75 cents for, um, uh, per mask. But now we got a higher bid. And if you want them, it will be $8 per mask. The cost of a ventilator is twenty to $30,000, but now it's up to $45,000. So there's this bidding war. We'll make the ventilators. We'll make the medical equipment. But it's going to go to the highest bidder. Hospitals are bidding against one another. States are bidding against one another. And the people who can make these life-saving supplies are just worried about how they're going to profit, how they're going to get the most money out of making these materials. So let's never mind saving lives, helping people. We're still worried about profits. Now, President Trump did invoke some act where one of the company's General Motors has to make ventilators, um, you know, without making, you know, it, it kind of curbs their profit margin. Uh, they have to do what they're told, not what they want to do. Because here was one of the companies who said, oh, well, we will get you 40,000 ventilators very quickly. Then they turn around and raise the price and said, sorry, we can only get you 6,000 ventilators by the end of April. You know, a lot of people could be dead by the end of April. So he did have to invoke that act, and thank goodness he did. But is this going to be a smooth transition? I mean, what what's going to be the next travesty? They make the 40,000 ventilators and no one gets them, or they just get a few, or, you know, all of this, again, is the current world system failing people in a very big way. But I also think that this world system has failed people because it hasn't prepared them. It hasn't prepared them for something like this, or God forbid, if something worse should happen. Because there are people who, and these are mostly religious people, who are saying it's all a hoax, all the people who are talking about uh, who contracted this disease and recovered, they're paid actors. None of it's true. It's just a cold. And we see all these people, you know, just going out in, in great numbers. I mean, not all of them uh, are, are that way, but some people just don't think. They say, well, I want to go out. I'm going to live my life. If I get this virus, it's probably just going to be very mild symptoms for me. So I'm not worried about it. I'll be okay. 
But what about the people that you spread it to? And no matter how many times someone tells them this, it could be your mother, your father, your grandmother, your uncle, or your brother and sister. Just because you're young, it doesn't make you immune. But people still will not listen. The county that I used to live in, my wife and I moved uh, about a year ago. We used to live, uh, it was very, very country. It was called uh, Ulster County near Kingston, New York, uh, Ellenville, New York, Kerhonkson, New York. Beautiful countryside. But it became uh, a very popular place for people to come up from the city on the weekend. And someone who still lives there wrote a post on social media just the other day saying that the place is still swarmed on the weekend. If you go to the markets, it's elbow to elbow people, people on top of one another, the the uh, golf ranges are packed. There's just people everywhere. And if someone tells them, hey, you know, space it out a little, they just look at them, give them a mean look, shake their head and go their way. People aren't listening. But one might ask, how is this, the, the current world system, failing us? Well, in a couple of ways, because A, we see in today's day and age, a lot of people were not taught common sense. It's a very do-as-thou-will kind of society. And this is why we see people who, no matter what you tell them, they don't care. They just want to do what they want to do. They believe what they want to believe, and no amount of logic or sense or science or even pleading will make them understand or see the light or change their mind. And sadly, we saw some of that with President Trump with these wars over ventilators and uh, getting the equipment that some of the governors need. Uh, They went from pleading to complaining, and then he says, show me respect or you're not getting anything. You know, it seems like people just do whatever they want. No common sense, no compassion. And the funny thing is, it really started with the younger people. I would say raging anywhere, uh, ranging anywhere from the ages of, you know, their 20s to early mid 30s. But now we're seeing older people kind of adopting that way of life, that new way of life. And that that's very strange for me to see that parents and grandparents are acting like their kids and their grandkids rather than trying to teach their children and their grandchildren a better way. The value of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But it's so rare to see that anymore. And 
another way that I truly believe that this world system is failing us, failing people, is that it's taken away its spiritual foundation. A lot of people don't have a spiritual foundation anymore. Good and evil, dark and light, it's all subjective, it's all relative, it doesn't really exist. You know, this whole idea that we're here to learn and to grow as spiritual beings, and what we do here, we we take back to God when we leave this world. It's just a forgotten idea, something that many people look at as being just a fairy tale. This world system has failed these people by taking away their spiritual foundation. And then we have this these mock scientists who will come out there and tell us in their books and in their scientific papers that we don't know how life got here. It seems as though it just appeared on Earth very early in the planet's um, formation and evolution, but we know that's impossible. Uh, it took, you know, billions and billions and billions of years to get where we are now and for everything to evolve. So we can't even possibly consider the fact that there is a force that put all of this in motion. That doesn't discount the Big Bang. It doesn't discount evolution. But when you do the scientific research and so many things line up and even some of the biggest names in atheistic uh, scientists, the atheistic scientific community say, it looks as though there is a supreme intelligence in back of the formation of the entire universe. But then turn around and say, but that can't be. We reject that. And these are the people who are the heroes or the sages or the wise men of the modern day. And most people don't have the presence of mind to question that and say, hey, wait a minute. If you add up, you know, A, B, and C, isn't it eventually going to equal D? You know, it's like the old saying, if it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. But in their estimation, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's still not a duck because we can't accept that it's a duck. You know, that that is, that is unacceptable logic and even unacceptable science. But see, we can't even get people to look at that kind of thing because they will cherry pick, just like religious people will cherry pick different verses from the Bible or other holy books to prove their point and prove their belief system. And no matter what you show them in their own holy book, in the scriptures, they will still reject it. And it's the same thing with science. 
people cherry pick what they want to believe. Oh, there's this proof. Oh, there's that proof. Oh, they found this. And oh, they said that. And oh, there's this. And all this proves there is no God. There is no life after death. There is nothing beyond this world. But you could say yes, but that same scientific community that you're quoting also discovered this and this and this. And they'll look at you like you have two heads and say, well, that doesn't mean anything. And I think the problem with that is, and one of the ways that this world system has failed us, is by taking away that spiritual foundation. People are looking for something else or someone else to put their faith in. We no longer have God to turn towards. There's no greater light that we can seek. So we have to start putting our faith in scientists and movie stars and athletes and politicians. And we see that kind of thing running rampant in our day. Even religious people, I, th I think fundamentalist religion has really reached that place where it's imploding on itself. And that's something that I've talked about uh, for many years, probably, probably since the early mid-90s. I said, if this is the mindset of this sect of Christianity or what calls itself Christianity, this thing's going to implode. And inevitably, if there be a being called the Antichrist, these are probably the people that will follow him because they are the ones who will probably believe that such a man, such a being is the Christ. Because unfortunately and sadly, so many of these people delude themselves with untruths. And I don't say that to be cruel or mean. It's just a sad fact in another way in which this world system has failed people. And so we even have religious people, people that should know better, idolizing politicians, just like those who don't believe in a higher power, idolizing politicians and scientists and actors and actresses and pop stars and musicians and many politicians as well. We're seeing people that should know better, people that are supposed to have a spiritual foundation. Comparing Donald Trump to King David calling him the Trump of God. He's God's man. They look at him as almost he's like a pope. He's here to save the world and all these things that he's going to do that even when they see the failings, the major, major failings of this fallible human being, they'll say, well, that's okay because King David wasn't perfect either. 
I mean, there are people who idolize this man so much that they are willing to die for the economy, for the stock market, for this man. And if you haven't heard about it, one of the ways in which this world system has let people down and failed them. We had Donald Trump and he's still talking about putting Americans back to work by Easter. Now that's April 12th. That is mere weeks away. And they're saying that we just might be getting into the apex of this pandemic by then or shortly after. And they're showing what would happen with the charts and the graphs if people start going back to work. That there's going to be a lot more sick people and many, many deaths. But we have people, again, and some of them are supposed to be religious people, saying it doesn't matter. We should go back to work. We should save the economy. We should be willing to risk our lives and grandparents should be willing to sacrifice themselves for the Dow, which is the stock market. There was the thing in America right now saying, you know, would you die for the Dow? Die for the stock market. So we have people saying that they would die for the Dow. Grandparents and older people should sacrifice themselves for the Dow. I mean, I hate to use this word, but isn't this like idolatry? We want to sacrifice our senior citizens and our grandparents and ourselves on the altar of the almighty dollar and the Dow? And our president is okay with this? Now, some people might say, well, no, he's not okay with this. Well, I would say this. There are some people that are very close to him that are saying this, and he's not telling them not to say it. He hasn't come out and said, no, this is wrong. Nobody's going to die for the Dow. He's absolutely silent on what his supporters and people that are around him and even work for him are saying. And there's the old saying, for evil to prevail, good people only have to do nothing. But we have to question, again, is this man good? Because he insults everyone, yet here we are comparing him to King David. He's the Trump of God. He's going to save the world. He's the new King Cyrus. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread protecting us and doing well for us. He's such a great man. I just saw on Twitter last night where he called one of the governors whose last name was Whitmer. I don't remember her last, her first name, but he called her, uh, let's just say her first name was Elizabeth. Elizabeth Halfwitmer. So, you know, he has an insult and something derogatory to say about everyone. I mean, is 
is that a heart for God? Is that a godly attitude or or way to speak? Whose life are we putting our hands in? Who are we trusting? We have to look at the world scene right now and see what a mess so many things are in. So imagine if something bigger, if something more catastrophic happened. Imagine if, as if some Christians believe, the events of the book of Revelation started happening in our world right now. What would people do? That book says many people would be deceived. Many people would curse God and die. Many people would turn from their faith. Well, we're seeing that right now without even a major, major, major. I mean, this, this, this is a bad thing that's happening. But what if this were happening and there were also meteorites hitting the earth and killer storms in every other state and every other country? I mean, what, what if things got really apocalyptic? What would people do? If we're worshiping, if we have people practically worshiping politicians and political parties and pop stars and actors and actresses right now, and some of them claim to be religious, some of them claim to know Christ, what would happen if the world was in a state as explained in the book of Revelation? And then this beast or this beast system, this antichrist figure or system comes on the scene and says, I can save you. How many would kneel? How many would, as the book of Revelation says, follow and wonder after the beast? I think it would be more than we even know or think would be possible because look how many are in that position right now and it's because this world's system has failed many people and they haven't prepared they haven't prepared in their hearts in their souls in their minds They've thrown away the concept of God or they have such a warped version or warped vision of God that in the end it betrays them. They betray themselves because they don't have an accurate picture of who God truly is. So we'll gladly trade it in for a man, for a political system for a politician for a leader and again folks these are things we really need to think about because as I've been pondering this today and wanting to make this podcast with this message these are the things that have really been weighing on my heart and I hope when you hear them articulated in this podcast, in this message, 
maybe it'll start you thinking as well. And maybe we can start changing some of what we're seeing in the world and how people act and what people are doing. Because we're in a very hurtful and desperate situation right now. I mean, it was two weeks into quarantine and old and young people were saying, we need to get out of our houses. We feel depressed. We feel anxious. We feel suicidal. We can't do this. People can't even be in their own homes with their families. They have nothing in their lives. They need to be out there just milling through this world, doing what they do, going where they go. And without that, they're depressed. They're anxious. They feel suicidal. I ask the question, where is God for you in all of this? Because he is the one who would sustain you and you wouldn't feel that way. I guarantee you wouldn't. So folks, I appreciate you listening to this podcast, to this message. All of you stay safe out there, stay well, and I'll see you next time here on the Mystic Fire Podcast. God bless everybody.